everybody. Welcome to Bottom Line with Bob and Kendall Ehrlich. We are entering the holiday season, and before you know it, it's going to be 2024. And you know what that brings. New glasses. Oh, that's correct. Could, could you, you compliment know? your husband? New glasses. Yes. Love the look. Thank you. Thank Love you. that look. Had to beg for that. You we, know, <laughs> we want you to spend your holiday joy at the Missoni restaurant. Missoni's is a great place to go and gather with your friends over the season. So we hope you'll visit them at 8833 Bel Air Road. You got it. 100th anniversary show, even though it's not technically our 100th anniversary show. It's, I think it's 101. We have it's Larry Kudlow now. Government. Yeah. 100th show. Confirmed <laughs> right after Thanksgiving. He had to uh, postpone due to sickness. You will recall a few weeks ago. We're very excited. You love Larry Kudlow. You I did. are a groupie. You are a groupie of Larry Kudlow. This show is a potpourri show, but a different kind of potpourri show because this is a potpourri show. What's bugging you? What's bugging you? God knows. I know what's bugging you. I live with you. But so we're going to talk about some of the My things. My list is too long. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure we have enough. That's time. our three-hour show coming up. By the way, <laughs> so in the next twenty odd minutes, we're going to talk about some things bugging the Ehrlichs. And uh, the first is, geez, remember that pro-Palestinian riot outside the White House last week? Remember the graffiti, the flags, the one arrest, the hardly any news coverage of that insurrection? You remember that? Well, no, you don't remember that, do you? Because it's just unbelievable. The hypocrisy is so It's great. not unbelievable. Tangible. It is the press. It's the media. It's what they're about. It's where they are. It's reflective of their philosophical orientation. It's what they believe. And, and, and the lack of coverage on that horrific night, literally storming the White House, literally storming the fences. Well, the media is not about news. It's just not. It's narrative. It is a narrative. Narrative-driven business. Narrative. All so the way. It's just, it was just awful. Where's the condemnation, by the way, from members of Congress with regard to that beautiful night? Give me a break. Insurrection. Second complaint this week, second grievance, Barack Obama. The art of moral equivalence. You saw it in their interview a few days ago. Classic. Everybody's been waiting for it. We know it. Uh, that's him. And, and and not only that, I, I've, I've added one, by the way, before we <laughs> as a result of us talking about this last night, babe. He gave a, a, another interview, and he's done this a bunch lately, where he calls himself almost a First Amendment absolutist. Now, as everyone knows, the First Amendment applies to government regulation of speech, not private regulation of speech. So I guess Barack Obama is separating him from government regulation of speech, separating himself, I should say, from his acquiescence, indulgence to social media censorship. What occurred certainly during the first three years of the, or what has been occurring during the first three years of the Biden administration, Biden administration concerning social media outlets, now in court, now exposed, the Twitter files, everything we know. So social media in cahoots, sometimes under threat of government penalty to get in cahoots with government agencies, as we've seen in Missouri versus Biden and other cases. So, well, I know that we know uh, that this is a third Obama administration, but yeah. now it's really sort of out there, and uh, he is becoming out much more forcefully. And I will tell you, Alan Dershowitz, woo, Bill Maher too. Bill Boy, Maher endorsed. After they are Obama fans, they are Obama were. fans. Bill Maher, well, 
Alan Dershowitz says he regrets going to the White House yeah. to visit yeah. Obama. Yep. And he regrets so, several other things that he has named that he participated in in that administration. He, he said they are no, he is not a friend of Israel and he regrets it, the relationship. Could have told him that a long time ago. Bill Maher as well, who loves Obama, took off on him uh, with regard to the moral equivalence rhetoric that we've seen now break out, which was the most predictable part of this whole mess. We, we knew that from, from the jump. We knew it from the jump. But, you know, things are coming to light as, as you know, this has been happening throughout this administration. Uh, there's one narrative, and then all of a sudden it's like, oops, well, maybe that's not what we meant, or uh, there's some sort of correction to it. And uh, I think that people really need to pay attention to what is coming out not all of it is being reported on, of course, but you really need to pay attention to what you were told and now what you're being told. And we can't live in a country like that. And you have to make a decision in 2024. Are you going to allow that to happen or not? You're getting ahead of, you're getting ahead of us I'm again. Sorry. You, you know, I, I live with this. It's every day I see it. Dinner table, lunch table, when you make breakfast, which is rare. <laughs> in any event, uh, your point's well taken, babe, but... Getting back to our grievances, and you're going to be able to really go nuts in a few seconds. Let's talk about speech. We talk about speech all the time. We are adamant First Amendment fans around here. Your legal career, your professional life, my, my political career, our politics, we are First Amendment folks. We are speech. We believe in dissent, not just popular speech. Just believing in popular speech is not free speech. We know that. So two observations, one minor one. Tucker Carlson's been out there criticizing some folks on the right. There's obviously uh, folks on the right and left who've been critical of Israel with regard to policy. You can be pro-Palestinian. That's all protected speech. We know that. That's clear. Everybody knows that. You can be critical of the Israeli government. Of course you can. The clear line here is being supportive of a terrorist group, a terror group presently engaged in a terror war against innocent citizens. That's a blinking bright line. And uh, too often these days... And a terror organization that also says that they link Israel with Americans and that they want to come after Americans as well. Now, the offshoot of this, our fourth grievance is students here, foreign students on student visas... Okay, you're guests of America. Now, most Americans don't think you should have the rights of all Americans. Some Americans actually think that, but we don't. But regardless, you now have our guests here on certain college campuses out there supporting a pro-terrorist organization. Think about that one. Think about if that would unfold in another country, what would occur. So, again... uh, a lot of folks, especially on the right, but so not just on the right, upset with this. Maybe they should go this. home. Well, if you want to express your support for terrorism and terrorist organizations, uh, goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. You're, 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 free to, you're free to, as a guest, give your opinion. No problem. There's a bright line here, a very clear bright line here. And when you violate that bright line, you're our guest. You're America's guest. Give me a break. And let me guess, 
schools are hesitant to get rid or send back these students because why? <laughs> they pay full Some freight. Some may be full freight. Right? Some Lots may be of money full, coming full into the freight country. boys and girls. And God forbid we'd, uh, we'd lose those uh, that dollar stream. So fifth grievance, and I know especially America supports Israel, especially with assets and, and military assets and all that, but I'm getting real tired of the Biden administration trying to dictate to Bibi Netanyahu and the Israeli government their own war policy. Now, Bibi was on uh, TV the other day. Different, I, I, go, I believe Golda Meir is actually first credited with this statement, but many Israeli leaders have uh, uh, stated different iterations of, we have no place else to go. <laughs> And BB on national TV this past Sunday uh, expressed that thought again. And I hope for the young people on campus who've been fed this slop for the most part, they actually sit down, maybe talk to their parents. How about that? Talk to someone reasonable and think about what that means. We have no place else to go. We're surrounded by enemies. We have no place else to go. So for to America to dictate their war strategy is a stretch, in my humble opinion. There's been the map out on social media with the Arab world and the color of the Arab world surrounding Israel and then the little area of Israel and in relation to the landmass otherwise. So it's interesting. And then again, of course, what do you look to when you want to get information like this? History. And that's the last place everybody wants people to go these days to history because remember history reminds you of why you've gotten to this place where you are history will give you the full impact of the conflict uh with israel and uh the arab world the establishment of the jewish state the whole nine yards and by the way another inconvenient fact we've discussed if you're studying recent history as of this week the jordanians the saudis no to the palestinians sorry sorry all of a so, sudden, they have a border. <laughs> so, yeah, they have a border, and they're going to enforce it. They're going to enforce it at gunpoint. So, again, and, and getting back to what we talked about last week and what should be the number one issue, my next grievance is if Republicans miss this opportunity, my God, back to the minor leagues. Because not only did the Biden administration cause all this through appeasement of, of, of Iran, uh, they have antagonized Israel's Arab neighbors who not only were beginning to sign off the Abraham Accords, whole nine yards, they were in literal, literal coalition with Israel concerning the existential threat that was Iran. Now that's all gone, maybe, because of the Biden administration. Give me a break. All starting with Afghanistan, by the way. Well, well yeah, but all starting with weakness. Well, all starting with appeasement. Weakness and appeasement. And we're going to appease Iran to get them back to the negotiating table for a flawed nuclear. And they're going to take the money. It's, it's hard to even describe what the Biden administration has done uh, with regard to Iran vis-a-vis -vis the Arab world and Israel. But right now, in our humble opinion, should be the number one issue, number one foreign policy issue of the coming campaign. Next grievance, we're college football fans. Uh, 
we follow college football. Our kids play college football. One kid is still playing college football. The other one hopes to make it in the pro league. I mean, we, we're football fans, football family. We all know that. So we're following James Madison University, and the NTA says you can't play the bowl game. You're ineligible for a bowl game under some rule they have. The NCAA gets a lot of bad press, and this is one reason. They've played really good teams, and because of some rule, because they just came up to Division One, they can't play a bowl game. And people are the sports writers, and obviously the GMU community is going, "What? You gotta be kidding me!" So, and uh, at the same time, transgender males can compete against women. It's males. a problem every other week. There's a new story about uh, some woman being kept off the uh, getting some sort of award because a guy beat her. And there's also been, you know, incidents that um, women have been hurt in the competitions, physically hurt in competition, and yet the NCAA remains silent. And I think you have Riley Gaines, who's out there, sort of the face of this issue, saying, you know, come on. You know, women were protected under Title IX. We fought for Title IX. And now everybody remains silent about this issue, and, and the women are struggling um, they're being replaced. Women are being, being replaced. Re- they're being replaced. What a, what, and I mean, sort of <laughs> the progressive uh, end of this is you could end up with not having women's sports. Well, you're going to you're going to have women's you're going to have women because there's not that many transgenders. What you're going to have is, in many cases, biological males dominating women, especially in sports. That the, what sport? Speed and strength. A lot, a lot of sports that covers a lot of sports. Speed and strength. It's not fair. It's it's a scar on women's sports and you would think more now some more more women are are speaking up but at some point the ncaa has to get its act together and we have and no some problem. states are actually legislating yeah yeah we have which no, is which a that, great that's protection high school, that's high school but yeah yeah that's right at some point transgender should have their own category compete against each other nobody's got a problem with that if that costs a few extra dollars so be it do it but this is not fair. It's not fair. Period. And Title Nine was created yeah. to, to <laughs> create fairness, fairness within women's sports in competing against one another. And, and look how far they've come. We the softball we watch NCAA softball. I watch women's golf. I mean, women's sports. Women's have, lacrosse have come a long is way. great. Since, since you play, since you play, think of how far it's come since you play. Women's lacrosse. Yeah. So anyway. It's uh, the NCAA has to get back together at some point, you would hope. Next, we have two giant last items here. The first is San Francisco, a once beautiful city. But now, today, again beautiful, at least parts of San Francisco. Why, dear? The irony of this is so (laughs) unbelievable because we're hosting. The world. especially Uh, Particularly China. (laughs) Yes. How ironic that the communists are coming to San Francisco and we're going to clean up for them. And then Gavin Newsom, I hope you all saw the interview this week. Gavin Newsom was confronted with this and he owned it. I'll give him this. He owned it, but in a weird sort of ownership way. He said, of course, we're cleaning up for the world. We want to impress the world. What about the taxpayers (laughs) in San Francisco when it returns to status quo next week? And now I know we're talking about a blue kind of 
uber blue city and it appears not enough people care except the business that have moved out and the business that have closed they care appear they appear to care in any event they brought in flower pots and they showed a picture of a, <laughs> oh, an God. addict still in the flower pot and i it was almost I, I i said is that a person i couldn't even believe what it looked well like. guess what guess what when that went on tv some of the police got that person out of the flower pot because that flower pot is clean right now because the communist dictator is in town and well, the, with other world leaders. Well, it so, just shows you that they want it this way, and that just begs the question of where is the common sense of wanting America to have beautiful cities again? I mean, San Francisco is beautiful. Was beautiful. Was beautiful. And uh, it, it's, it just defies common sense, but it tells you what that party is all about. If you have the time, look at that Gavin Newsom interview. The lack of self-awareness. He owned it. Good for him. But the lack of self-awareness with regard to the people he's supposed to represent, the people that pay him. He's the governor of California. And what about the local officials? I don't care how liberal you are. I don't care how left you are. Getting sick homeless people off the streets is part of your job. Do your job. It's job one. It's job one. Last... All right, we could spend the next hour on this one. Here's my final grievance of the day, babe. And it's your grievance as well. Not just Mayorkas, but senior members of the Biden administration in their congressional testimony, and their congressional testimony happens basically every week as some committee or another, the House or Senate, calls them up and confronts, especially Republicans, probably only Republicans really, confronts them with the numbers, the gotaways, the, the cartels, the fentanyl, the sex traffickers, the terror watch list captures, the things people don't even talk about, the, the impairment of land ownership rights on, on the border, American citizens, the environmental damage caused by the cartels, all the... All the constituent elements of a terribly dysfunctional, terribly failed border policy for the Biden administration from the jump. And what do we get? We get nothing. We get denials. We get this righteous indignation. I'll dare you impugn the integrity as though as though the questioners are questioning the integrity of Border Patrol. Border Patrol is doing their job. They're following orders. Those poor people. Great deal of empathy for those folks. And by the way, as many know now, it's been reported in the conservative press, a lot of those folks have been carted off from their job one, the border, to do paperwork. Of course. For 10 million migrants and at least a million and a half, at least a million and a half gotaways. And to remind everybody, gotaways are, we don't know where they are. We don't know who they are. We don't know what they're carrying. We don't know what their purposes of being from. here. Where they came from. We don't know nothing about them. So... I am aggrieved. I am upset when I see these members of the Biden administration come before Congress with nothing. They got nothing. They got righteous indignation that members of Congress, on behalf of their constituents, the taxpayers, are questioning their competence. They point their finger at yeah. the congressman yeah. asking the questions. Yeah. And it's as if they don't see the video. Oh, they know. It's as if they don't see it. They know. They know. Of they have eyes. They, they have brains. Many are capable people. They're following the orders, I guess, 
of the higher ups. Yeah, this is what they believe too. They wouldn't. They wouldn't I, I, if they didn't believe this. That's they a good couldn't. point. You know what? You're because right. I gotta stop saying that. You're right. You're absolutely correct on that. Yeah. Uh, this enough. is not. They about would resign. Orders. Your point is, they would resign. Oh my God! How could you? How could you, how could you live stand with yourself? It? How could you live with yourself with that type of? Policy? Well, we're living because we with don't him. have a country without it. Uh, you did not put this on your list, but opening that pipeline, being self-sufficient. Oh, you've added an item here. That is okay. that keeps me up at night. <laughs> Partly that and the border. I mean <laughs> that and other things. You just do two things in your four years. Open the pipeline and close the border. Face it. That would take up. You watch Jesse, you watch so you watch Tucker on on action. No. And you can't sleep. Yeah, you can't. But you, you the the willingness to unilaterally disarm with regard to American energy independence and now dependence. And use reserves. Is a is a well, and use, well reserves. And use up the strategic petroleum reserve. Folks, just 10, 11 items from the Earl Hicks. So uh, we, we, we hope that we've given you some information for your really fun Thanksgiving Most importantly, up. we hope we've given you some insight into what dinner time is around our house. Well, I think the American Thanksgiving holiday this year could get very interesting for many people. So We hope uh, so. We hope we are giving you some information that you might be able to utilize. And Let's bring people up the last 30 seconds here. New Ehrlich book coming. And I was going to say, I, I didn't know if you were going to announce yeah, that what yet the heck? or not. But we need to bring people up. Come on. It will give you information to talk to those who need to have more information and be better informed for the election of 2024. Great tease. It Great tease there. Excellent. I like that. You know why it's excellent? Your husband wrote it. <laughs> that is the truth. That's a truth. <laughs> and right that's there. a great way to end the show. Godspeed, everyone. Thanks, everybody.